Hey, everybody. I want to thank you so, so much for watching the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, as a thank you, remember, you can always head over to my website, feelbetterinc.com and get free 15 minutes with me to talk about how you can grow your podcast, how to monetize your podcast, or even how to start your podcast. I have helped lots of people and I want to help you do the same for your business or just for your personal brand. So again, that is feelbetterinc.com. Head over there, book your free 15 minutes, and I'll be a pleasure to help you out. Have a good night and remember to invest in yourself. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Phil Better on the Invest in Yourself Podcast. I hope you're all doing amazing. I am here with par who is a digital nomad and i'm happy to talk with him par how are you doing today hey phil how are you great to be on the show so par i have a very long uh uh long intro about you and how you've grown you made you made some like six figures you hit like a hundred million uh, wait no not a hundred thousand pounds with an email sequence grew a following to 12k you've done a lot <laughs> Well, I mean, 25 years, you have to uh, be able to leave a legacy and little <laughs> by little that happens, right? It doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> oh, 25. So you've been a digital nomad and a digital entrepreneur for about the last 25 years? Well, I'm 27 years old right now, but okay. I just didn't count the first two years because, you know, the brain's kind of developing. Ah, you know, okay. <laughs> now I understand. Really. Okay. Oh, so how, how long have you been uh, the digital nomad? Like, did you ever work in a nine to five or were you completely digital from the beginning? Right. Great question. So I actually started my journey working uh, in the technology industry. So I graduated University of British Columbia, young guy at 23 years old with big dreams, yet didn't have any tangible experience, didn't really make uh, a tangible difference. I was just like studying. I was involved in a, in a technology company when I was younger, did internships here and there in sales and marketing. So that seemed like the route to go in. Uh, initially just started to throw spaghetti at the wall, right? Apply to this job and that job. Nobody got back to me. So I started to learn what it takes to uh, find a job in sales. Uh, decided to work with a company uh, called Picatick that actually is now Eventbrite. They got acquired by Eventbrite nice. uh, just six months after I left, actually. But <laughs> I was part of that movement. Uh, nice. So that's a nice little team. feather. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that that was sort of a great experience for me initially getting my feet wet uh, in the company. Uh, but as I mentioned, I was only there for a short period of time from a young age. I wanted to work for myself. Uh, at the same time, I knew that I needed to learn what what it takes to sell, what it takes to uh, also sell consciously, also do ethical marketing was something that I was really interested in. And by that, I mean, just using your values as a business owner. Uh, understanding them and then using that to connect with audience, your ideal client avatar. Uh, so basically working jobs, three, nine to five jobs until I got to a point where I realized that I'm actually more secure working for myself uh, than working a nine to five job. Um, so that I decided to make that shift as of last, uh, as of 2020 of March, essentially when 
uh, everything, the world started to sort of fall apart. <laughs> I decided to make that shift uh, into becoming a full-time digital entrepreneur. And uh, it's been it's been great ever since. And I'm really excited to dive into that with you as well. Oh, no, that's that's amazing because you're you're literally a year before I jumped into the digital entrepreneur world. So it's like super cool. I, I could be the you in the next year. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly older than you, so I, I'm starting a little later than you, but it's fine. Uh, no For shame sure. starting later. Um, so your your decision to be a digital entrepreneur was because you just didn't fit into the corporate world. You didn't feel that it was a place for you. Like most people in our age bracket, they don't feel the corporate world is for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I, I knew going into it that it's not something that I wanted to do long term. That being said, I wanted to still be part of of a team that I'm, I'm constantly learning, I'm growing. So I didn't want any job. I still wanted to sort of learn, go into a role where I'm learning a few things. And I thought, hey, if it's a great company and I'm constantly learning and they're actually valuing me, then why not? I would stay as long as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, but that really wasn't the case. Personally joining corporate for me, um, I realized that I needed to have my own space, have my own schedule and make a difference on my own time. And I got to that realization after working a year in corporate uh, myself and getting Picatick at that time to funding and getting them into the door with Eventbrite. So that in of itself, I realized that I wanted to be part of a company that I was actually making the decisions and leading. And I, from that day, I realized, okay, well, I have to start. This is a seed that I have to water, that I have to grow day by day. I have to work at getting better at what I do at my job because I know it's going to uh, help me in the future and becoming a digital entrepreneur and actually uh, becoming a champion for my own services uh, since I was doing business development, mostly in my roles in corporate. Yeah, and so that you've launched uh, your company Mocho and Co. That's right. Oh, good, I pronounced that it right. right? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, I love the... Uh, the website is a genius because it is moco and .co and the way you have it just genius. I love that. Um, and the bunny it. rabbit too is great. I love that because <laughs> it shows that it's speedy, but also you're like, you're going to, it's a fun place because bunnies are fun, you know, and it's, so I love that. And you got branding, copyrighted, creative and strategy, mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, what is it like becoming the, the number one, like a number one copywriter? Like I, I've, we've had uh, some previous copywriters on the, the show, but everyone's journey is a bit different. What got mm -hmm. you into moving more towards copywriting? Yeah, that's a great question. So I studied international relations back in university. So, you know, I've written so many papers in my university <laughs> career. <laughs> I know and the feeling sociology major over here. <laughs> Yeah, so you totally know what what it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's term papers after term papers. So going through that experience myself, I, I realized that, okay, well, writings, and, and it's funny, because back when I emigrated to Canada from Iran, when I was, uh, when I was 13, I didn't know how to write, it was, it was so scary to me. But here I was in university in studying international relations and whipping out term papers like the night before they were due <laughs> which is never advisable to do <laughs> <laughs> which is there that's right that's right what happened to this yes <laughs> and going through that i i realized that okay well if i can if i can what if i could really write for businesses and 
I think part of business development in my roles, I did that through email. It was just another channel to get in touch with decision makers. Uh, but copywriting is, is a whole different uh, league. When I started to do it, I started to uh, realize how can I put myself in the shoes of, of a potential buyer and what's really important to them. Uh, and, and really with, with Mocho and Co, we, we leverage uh, processes that, that we've worked on for the past year, but really it's rooted in, in psychology. Uh, so we just, we just take like what is attractive to the mind, to the logos, uh, what is attracted to the pathos, which is the emotions, uh, and what is attracted to the ethos, which is the values and the mission of the company. Um, so once we have that understanding, once we get all that information from a, from a client, we then go ahead and write copy that is really rooted in psychology. And I can't say that I've only worked and learned this myself. I've uh, learned from other masters in the industry like Stefan Georgi. Uh, so, so I've con consistently tried to invest in myself uh, and, and try to invest in myself in copywriting and business strategy uh, so that I can help conscious businesses, conscious entrepreneurs to amplify their impact and income at the same time. And that's really the motion, uh, mission and the essence of Mojo & Co. I love it because it's, it's, it's somewhat similar to me. Like I love helping people use podcasting to leverage because it's such a powerful platform, able to connect yes. with so many people. And it's, it's just as powerful as copy because this is audio so you need to be able to communicate properly but having a great copy as well because there's the, uh, the the show notes and that have to bring the people in before they listen so it's like a nice tandem you get to learn when you're podcasting but nothing like uh what you've been doing <laughs> how is how is copy uh translated in your business how is it important in your business specifically so you need to because you're like this podcast can go up to an hour long. So I'm asking an hour of your time to be listening to it. And then I have to make sure that the audio is valuable so that you can hear me properly. It doesn't sound grainy. It's not the, the connection as well. And for video as well, you know, but then you have some to get new audience members. I have to write a, an interesting copy for them to be engaged enough to come into it. So I have to have those value hooks in it. Like I can't just spam my link. Cause that's not going to, who's going to click on the link. Like I'm not going to click on that. That's that you're, you're saying it's for everybody because this podcast is for people looking to become digital entrepreneurs. I have to find out where those people are. Oh, where are they? They're in groups for digital entrepreneurs. So I go in and I see, Oh, I'm interested in copy. So I'm like, oh, I interviewed Par. He runs this amazing company. He told us this thing about this thing and about this, about copy and how you can start doing it. If you're interested, here's uh, I can put the link to the more to the rest of the episode. So mm -hmm. I'm putting that value there, that copy there to entice people in to at least listen to the episode so I can get more downloads. And then I can go to sponsors and say, look, this is how many downloads I get. How much do you want to pay? You know, or how much do you think these values are? Because these are the type of individuals. Like for me, the people who would listen, who listens to this podcast, like I know who he is and I know he's going to be using entrepreneurial things. So I would go look for brands that deal with entrepreneurs because that's my ideal, their ideal audience, their ideal client is my ideal listener. So it's like working in tandem to get that. So you need to have that good copy so you can get those numbers to boost it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it's it's so interesting you bring that up because the, it brings up all the nuances get, that are involved in writing high converting copy. It's the hook that sort of brings you in and then you want to also offer value in there because value is what really the audience comes in for and mm -hmm. 
and with with podcasts, I think it's it's really a dialogue. It's a conversation. So you're already creating value uh, by by doing a podcast like this. And I know a lot of people who are in the podcast space, or at least create podcasts as an extension of their business, they really get into thinking, how can I maximize the potential of of perhaps one episode that I do? How can I recycle this episode into different high value content? Uh, and ensure that this one episode that I'm doing is getting the maximum exposure. Uh, so I work with one of uh, one client, uh, Total Mental Performance. Uh, they're a mental performance coaching business, uh, and he, uh, Kieran himself, the founder, is is quite successful at and quite hardworking at what he does. And he's been able to take his podcast episodes and really scale them to his audience. And uh, it, it's been really making a big difference in his business by just taking this micro content, extracting the value, putting subtitles there, ensuring that it's getting the maximum exposure. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's it, the, the engagement has been mad. So yeah, it's, it shows that it's really but, working. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's insane how well it does because like for my, one of my clients, uh, who I mentioned nearly all the time on this Lloyd Ross, um, his podcast has helped like just grow his business and it's mm -hmm. him talking about just different things that we need to learn. We never learned in school, money management, what's the purpose of debt versus, you know, credit, all these things that you never learned, but he's giving it to you in these bite-sized pieces. And so you're learning and it's just bringing people into his funnel because he has at the end, the copy of, Hey, visit my website to get my book. It's going to help you out. If you found the episode valuable, you, the book has more lessons on it. Mm -hmm. So you go by the book and then you fall into his funnel and he's has it all copied, right? Done yep. properly, but it helps like, but people more, the more people listen to it, right? The episode it, you get ingrained and you hear the copy and you go to the website and you get ingrained more and more copy yep. podcasting just together. Super team. Because the copy brings the people in, the podcast like slams at home because you get that trust and authority more than just reading. Because you're like, anybody could have wrote this, but you're hearing the voice. It's like, oh no, he said it because he it's written right there. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's really powerful when it comes together. Uh, especially, I, I always tell my clients, I'm like, make sure you use subtitles because one in three, one in four people are probably watching this on a subway, a bus, they're probably like watching it on mute. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's it's really about just using all of that high value content. And, uh, and like you said, using making it into bite sized content, uh, mm -hmm. and delivering to your audience in the easiest, most digestible way possible. Yeah, we live in a three second uh, economy right now. Totally. You have that three seconds to catch them either with the words you're using or their uh, the written words. Um, Let's let's look at the entrepreneur because you're still early in your entrepreneurial uh, journey. So maybe a tip for copywriting, like like if someone's going to be jumping into the copywriting world, so not specifically mm -hmm. someone who's wants to use copywriting, but they're starting their journey. What would you suggest that they do? Like a tip for them to start that uh, journey, becoming a uh, a copywriter. Well, I think finding your niche and who you're writing to, the type of the type of potential clients and buyers you want to work with is is crucial in finding success as a copywriter. And I mean, for me, I I was interested in a whole wide variety of of different topics. I was interested in plant medicine. I was interested. Uh, I was interested in, in the coaching world and how uh, you can you can really optimize your performance and mental performance through coaching. Um, 
I was personally interested in technology. So I had different interests, but I, wa I wanted to narrow it down to, I want to work with entrepreneurs uh, that are making a difference and want to amplify their income and impact. Uh, and, and that's what I initially sort of started with. And I worked with, for instance, people in the yoga space. Uh, I worked with a shaman who moved to Bali from New York and wanted to grow his e-commerce business. Uh, so I started to work with different entrepreneurs initially. And for me, just it was a process of trial and error. It was really working with different people and realizing, okay, what type of clients do I really enjoy working with? What type of clients are gravitated towards me? And every three to six months, I would just take a step back and, and sort of write down what I enjoyed about the projects I worked on. Um, why did I enjoy working on them? Was it because um, I was more aligned with the client? Was it because we made a tangible difference in their business? Was it both? Um, so I started to just have reflections of, of sort of what the niche I wanted to focus on. And right now we want to become uh, the industry, the leading digital industry that helps conscious disruptors uh, to amplify their income and impact. Uh, so it, it took a year for us to work with different people and realize that, okay, well, we have to really niche down. Uh, we can't be everything for everyone. We have to truly de deliver a message and that message has to land. And uh, I mean, that the process of elimination, I would say for any copywriter, potential copywriter starting, I think just starting and putting yourself out there, uh, working with clients in different spaces that you're interested in is the, the best way to grow and evolve. I love it. No, that is such a great tip. And it's true. I, I feel I, I can say the same thing about podcasting as well. Uh, when you start podcasting, you want to make a podcast for everybody. You want to make sure everybody listens. And then it, you have to learn that it, no, you have to go as narrow as possible because mm -hmm. you won't get any bigger or you won't become anything if you're trying to be everything for anybody. Um, I'll say one thing. Uh, I, I would say that people might hear that and say, okay, well, I don't want to limit my vision. And I always say Amazon started with books, right? They delivered books. <laughs> Yeah. All day or day. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did that really well. And then now they, they own retail pretty much. They uh now I ordered my everything A to Z, every cabinet, yeah, it, dictionary, everything can be from Amazon. Um, not that that's I think again advisable at all. <laughs> no, but uh, it, it shows you like look over time but, you can start niching back out. You can but if you become the number one, you know. Like you're, you want to be, you are the number one digital marketing agency for conscious disruptors, right? You created your niche, right? Cause you're like, these are the people we want to serve and we're going to be number one because no one else is serving these people mm -hmm. in your domain. So you created your niche similar to how podcasters have to create. Cause it's harder to go. Like if you just was like, we're going to just go content strategies, right? There's thousands of people and you're fighting against people who have billions of dollars, right? They've been around for a while but you're showing this exclusivity because your niche is so specific. Yes, exactly. And I mean, the buzzword is, is brand positioning, but I just didn't want to use a buzzword that everyone's like, what is <laughs> brand position? Like really, I think the positioning is, is key. And, in, and initially, I mean, it's really important to have a really specific positioning. And then over time, obviously, once we're really good at doing what we're doing, perhaps we can also shift into a new industry that we're interested in. But I think until, I don't do what I do well in what I in, in my own niche. I would not want to expand. Uh, and even even locally, I really want to focus on 
Vancouver that I've lived in and then Montreal that I'm at right now serve the community locally and then think about, okay, well, do I want to expand into the States? I mean, States is, is huge. The market is massive. Um, so, so that's just how I'm comfortable with growing. I know that a lot of people have different perspectives towards growth and how they want to grow. Um, but I think, yeah, having a realistic expectation of growth as well is, is key to not burning out um, as someone who's just starting out with copywriter as a copywriter or a brand strategist. I love it. It's a great tip. And it's still a great tip for life as well. Like, you don't have to grind 24 seven, you can take your time, it will come in time and just be aware of as long as you're making 1% better every day. Yes, absolutely. All right, I want to get your favorite moment that you've had as a copywriter, like so far in your years of copywriting, what has been like one of your favorite moments that you've had that you can talk about? Yeah, that's, that's great. That's a great question. So recently, one of my one of my clients, clients, long term clients that I've worked with, she started off as a yoga teacher, she's been teaching yoga for 20 plus years. And with, uh, with the pandemic that happened in 2020 of March, she also decided to shift her business more online in the online world. She started to compress all her learnings and all her teachings into online programs uh, to help people elevate and ascend spiritually. Uh, so for her, shifting from a yoga teacher into someone who's an authority in that space and selling high ticket programs, um, I mean, it was it was a lot. And her brand was also not up to date. She was positioning herself as a yoga teacher, not as a spiritual mentor, not as an authority in, in that space. So initially when we worked with her, we knew that it was, it was really important to get a good understanding of where she wants to position herself. And we started to work with her. We started to do a few consulting calls. We started to do questionnaires with her to get all the information we needed uh, to really understand where she envisions her business in a year, in three years. Uh, what's the end game for her? And after we had all that information, we started to develop a strategy for her where she's creating a lead magnet, which is a seven-day spiritual reset uh, to conscious connection. So essentially, she's offering value to all her audience up front. Mm -hmm. um, people go through this sequence, email sequence. And throughout the email sequence, there's at the end of the email sequence, there's also call to action, sending the, the visitors to uh, different offerings. Uh, that they can sign up for and get to know Heather better at a, at a deeper level working with her. Uh, Heather Ivani is, is the person I'm speaking about. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, now I need to tag her in the episode. Okay, good. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I'd be happy to share that with you. So please for, yeah, for yeah, me, after do. going, absolutely, after working with her for three months and, and developing the lead magnet, updating her brand, making sure that her sales offering, her, her offerings have a clear sales page, a clear messaging, uh, she was able to scale her business to $40,000 a month. Uh, and that was that was huge for us when we heard that. Uh, we were like, wow, that's 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 incredible. And she has she has kids. She has she she's she's just seen such a big difference in how many hours she's spending time with her family. She's like, I don't want to spend any more than 30 hours a week. Um, so seeing that transformation in her business and her life has been extremely rewarding for me personally. Oh man, that is that's a, that's whew, that's huge, man. That's <laughs> that's amazing. An extra forty k a month. That's yeah. 
that that's 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 a game changing right there. Like people make 40k a year and here I'm you're making it in one month. That's and and this is again going back to your previous question Phil about like what what would you be what would your advice to to potential copywriters once ROI is proven once you prove a return on investment to the client the client has no problem investing back into with you into a partnership with you long term yeah. so so after heather saw that ROI she's like okay well how can we expand this i want to go into corporate wellness now how can we position me for corporate wellness she had no problem. There was there was no sales. There, there's the, that's the happened. huge high ticket right there going into the corporate world. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's how we're working together right now and developing her LinkedIn strategy, ensuring that she's again positioning herself on LinkedIn because it's more of a professional platform. Um, so so you definitely think that there's cons- constantly working in your business and working on your business and understanding the difference between those two making time for both of those uh is crucial as a business as a as a a starting copywriter and business owner great value being given by par i love it um we're coming up near the end so i I do want to ask you uh Mm -hmm. because i'm a voracious eater of books i love reading and it's knowledge is something really important um a book to help people start using copywriting uh, or at least start understanding. Do you have a book like that uh, that you can suggest to us? Um, personally, it, copywriting books. I I don't have a favorite. I personally love Stephen Georgi. So if if there's any copywriters out there, I would check out Stephen Georgi. He's he his his newsletter itself is super helpful. So uh, that that would be my recommendation. There we for, go. That's one to check out. There we go. We'll definitely uh, check out that and I'll I'll make sure the links are in the show notes down as well so that people can find them. But uh, I do want to step back. I'm going to give you the uh, the screen as uh, I normally do. Uh, You have the last five minutes. Uh, Use it as much as or as little as you want. Let people know where they can find you, connect with you and uh, if anything, work with you. Uh, So give me a second here. The floor is yours, sir. Wonderful. Hey everyone, my name is Par. Uh, I'm a copywriter and business strategist. I'm leading Mocho and Co. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at follow your why. And you can also go to mochoand.co if you're a conscious entrepreneur and you are in the process of growing your business and you want to update your brand or you feel like you want to uh, grow your business in a much more exponential pace. We should definitely get in touch. We should talk. I look forward to connecting with you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Par. It was a pleasure talking with you. And thank you so much for spending your evening uh, with me tonight. It is a little late. Uh, So thank you again for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Phil. I had a blast. And uh, next time, we should definitely go for coffee. I didn't know you were in Montreal. Just figured this out literally today. (laughs) Yeah. He's in Montreal. We could have done this all. We could have done this live. Yeah, uh, we could have done it in person, uh, but unfortunately, yeah, no. Next time, for sure, you're always absolutely. welcome back on the show. Um, to my audience, make sure you check out the links down below to connect with uh, Heather, the amazing uh, yogi spiritual master that Par is helping, as well as checking out Par's stuff if you are that conscious, disrupting entrepreneur that I know some of you are who are listening. Uh, so the show notes will have all the links for him. And remember, everybody, to invest in yourself because it's the best investment.